Welcome, Mary C to Wisdom podcast, uh, quarantined. I'm not sure which number this is, but I heard Tim and Derek say we're over 40 now, so that's a great number. I'm with uh, the very Reverend uh, Pastor Emeritus Ron Kalis once again. Thanks, Ron, for coming on. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's really been a privilege to work with you and to send out a message to the folks because we're so uh, uh, cramped today that we can't do some of that but what is a wonderful way to do this well speaking of cramped you know i i don't have a running story today but i do wanted to say that i've never seen so many runners walkers bicyclists in my life outside uh in my uh, experience out on the trails and in the neighborhood um but i do have one word any bicyclist please wear a helmet uh i'm gonna be out there maybe i'm gonna start a new mission of making sure all bicyclists are wearing helmets but um it's it's great to be outside but you know one of the things i wanted to talk about today kind of leads into my really discussion i wanted to bring up with you ron we talked about this last week um you know i i i, I was went to my spiritual director and i told her i said you know i had a dream about pope francis um stepping down i know when he first became a the Pope, he talked about he would at some point step away once his health got to a level. And um, so I told the my spiritual director this dream, and she said, you know, what you really need to think about, Kevin, is what uh, what what's going on with your life at the time. And I quickly reflected on it, and I realized I saw the Pope walking uh, in, in an empty church uh, with a few of concelebrants, and he was kind of walking very gingerly. It, it made, gave me pause to think of uh, that dream, which mm. leads me to today's dreamer, uh, famous dreamer, uh, St. Joseph, the worker. Um, you know, G, you know uh, Joseph followed his, the dreams uh, or the Holy Spirit that was sent to him. Um, you know, he, he, in fact, shepherded uh, the family uh, uh, to Egypt, uh, to safety, and what a good shepherd he was, a good father. Um, which leads me to my ultimate discussion about the shepherd, the, the perfect shepherd. I like to call Jesus the perfect shepherd. And so this Sunday coming up, we have the good shepherd uh, gospel. So my question to you, Ron, to start this off is why in the middle of the Easter season are we flipping back to John and, and the good shepherd gospel? There, there's so many aspects of the resurrection of the Lord uh, that one is almost contained within another, Kevin. Uh, I was thinking uh, the first Sunday we had Jesus and Mary Magdalene and how he shepherded her uh, to understand something that she perhaps and the other apostles didn't think about, what he said about rising and how he would be with them and how they would be sent on mission. And then we had Tom, the Thomas story on the second week of Easter, that Sunday, uh, the doubt. Uh, that he had and the others with him and sometimes the doubts that we have and how Jesus entered into that situation and presented himself it was not uh, accusing those uh, apostles while walking away from him but drawing them even closer to him and satisfying uh, uh, Thomas's doubt and then the message coming out to us blessed are those who do not see and believe uh, what a wonderful message that is for us. And so this week, we, or then the following week, was the disciples on the road to Emmaus. 
and they're struggling to trying to understand this and who's accompanying them they don't they don't see him right away they don't understand this person but he opens the scriptures to them to see uh, that the messiah had to suffer so in each of these weeks of easter the image of the shepherd is present uh, so now it comes out in full display on this fourth Sunday of Easter, um, where we have that uh, notion of the shepherd guarding that flock of his against marauders that uh, no one enters except by the proper gate. No one jumps over the wall. Beautiful images, I think, uh, about Jesus is present to us. And we have that in the Old Testament, too. It's there. I checked uh, the other day in a concordance, and I came up with about 30 references in both testaments where the image of a shepherd uh, was present. And it was there in those early catacombs. You probably remember that, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, those uh, uh, pictures or depictions of Jesus on the walls of the catacombs uh, with the lamb around uh, his neck, guiding, uh, caring, uh, so all those images are there. It just took a little while to bring them all out. I, th I think it's interesting that, you know, a lot of things you mentioned um, is really about providing comfort. So you know, it, as we, we know, uh, coming up in the, the gospel readings, we'll, we'll come to the ascension of Jesus. And now we're left with the, the disciples as being the, the in the shepherds you know jesus uh instructs them and tells them to go out um and, and shepherd them and i think of the comfort that the disciples then were responsible for uh you said you know like we just had the mass reading of walking with people of the yes. comfort of walking with people um and as pastors do you know pastors the that that imagery lines up with being a shepherd, right? You, yes. on, as a previous pastor, um, were required to shepherd people in, in all sorts of, in their joys and in their sorrows, right, Ron? Right. Yeah, and I think that continues, even though you, you're retired, we still have opportunities uh, to minister to folks. Um, yeah, and those disciples were charged with the Spirit before all that could happen. Uh, and so were we uh, in our baptism and then uh, increased in our confirmation. And maybe we forget that. Uh, but that power was given to us, too. And so we're seeing a lot of that today, Kevin, I think, yeah, in the way that people are reaching out and being there for one another. From the folks who uh, <laughs> have to deal with what's going on in their homes with maybe three or four kids there underfoot. Uh, shepherding on that level and then going beyond that to family, friends, uh, then we get out to the medical people uh, who are also doing that, to people in the stores. Uh, my goodness, and I think you shared with me the other day some of your own experiences in being a shepherd. Maybe you would like to talk about that a bit. Yeah, you know, one of the things I've been very blessed and fortunate um, since you know, I left my company in February, so um, I'm not working. I've been very fortunate to be able to volunteer at Catholic Charities on LaSalle Street and one in Des Plaines. And what I've been blessed with is other volunteers who themselves are going through struggles. Uh, met one woman who works in the restaurant industry. She 
is out of a job. She doesn't know how she's gonna pay her rent, but yet here she is volunteering at the food pantry. Uh, met a mother of two in Des Plaines handing out hot meals. She has a daughter of eight and she has a son who is five who, is, uh, who has physical and mental disabilities. And here is this mom of two delivering hot meals. So what I was certainly blessed by were the other volunteers who were shepherding people beyond their, um, you know, beyond their means, but looking outside even of their own current situation and continuing to assist others. And, you know, Kevin, when, when we talk about that, we get back to that uh, podcast we did a couple of weeks ago about how God brings out the good in situations which we perceive as difficult or evil. You know, how can a good God allow this uh, evil pandemic to scourge the earth? Well, we talked about freedom there and uh, God's respect for our freedom. And it's in nature, too. But out of all this, remember, we said, God will bring good. And now we're seeing some of that uh, in what you just described. I was reading an article about uh, many undocumented people or the dreamers. Uh, you know, they're in a particularly difficult situation now that they can't maybe even seek medical uh, care because they're afraid that they may be arrested. And so all those folks are out there too. And yet there are people who are sensitive to that, uh, who are reaching out to folks like that. Some of our churches are doing that, helping them, not only with the food, but counseling them and being with them. I was talking to somebody in the archdiocese just today, and they have trained uh, a large group of bereavement uh, ministers to make themselves present uh, in phone calls and other things to folks who are seeking help and assistance, or just a friendly voice and an ear to hear them. So many of our parishes are doing that already, but now in a wider sense, it'll be available uh, because there's so much hurt out there. Uh, and over and above the notion of health and food, uh, because people are brought together now, we have, sadly, incidents of domestic violence that are going on too. Uh, so there's much that needs to be shepherded out there today. And uh, I think, you know, there are responses trying to uh, help those folks working through that. It's amazing. Yeah, interestingly, just and it's little things, Ron, you know, like you said, you know, saying thank you in the grocery store, that type of thing, or, you know, you, you hear people now saying to each other, you know, be safe. Uh, I think it's part of, you know, especially as Catholics and as Christians, we really need to make sure um, that we are going above and beyond in those type of small gestures. You know, my neighbor rang uh, our doorbell last week, and it's a neighbor we don't talk to a whole lot just just because. And uh, but you know, we say hello to, and uh, they have their grandson living with them, and they they gave handed my wife a. Gisella a, a blank poster and said you know it's our son's it's our grandson's birthday next Saturday would you mind putting a sign in front of your house and we're like <laughs> heck yeah you know and I'm like I'm gonna get some Christmas lights out I got a happy birthday flag I'm gonna put out I think I ordered him a gift 
she's not listening. I don't think he listened to this podcast. He's turning 10. So <laughs> I'm like, you know what? We're going to do, we're going to have fun with this. Oh. Um, so it's those little things that I know people are doing in her neighborhood for their friends. But I, I want to get back to what the underlying thing that's something, again, does, it sounds like it's totally disconnected, but you know, a lot of young people leaving the church, they say that, you know, almost 25% leave the church before they're the age of 21. And I get a sense that if we're not walking with people, like on that road to Emmaus, if we're not opening their eyes, if we're not being the good shepherd, that non-judgmental good shepherd, if Jesus says in the gospel, it was something that struck me, Ron, he said, he will simply open the gate and you'll be allowed, basically, the sheep will be allowed into the pasture. To me, that was like a freedom. It was a sense of you're always welcome into the church. You're, Jesus welcomed everyone back, all the sheep. You know, like we talk about the, the lost sheep, the, the one. He leaves the 99 and goes for, to, the, to find the one sheep. Um, and I think that that's true for today, that we have to be uh, non-judgmental to the point where we accept everyone uh, and walk with them. And that may be one of the blessings uh, that's coming out of this. Um, I was uh, struck too by that image of those disciples on the road to Emmaus. They were leaving Jerusalem, uh, you know, giving up. And they meet the stranger on the way, and the stranger, who is Jesus, they don't recognize him at first, opens up so much for them that they never thought about before. And I think if that's another image of what could happen today to folks who maybe have walked away, that the path back comes through being shepherds. And then you discover, you know, where God is in that. And then the community of faith or the church uh, begins to make more sense to you than before. It's not a series of uh, uh, propositions or things that you must believe. And you come to this uh, through the experience of knowing Jesus as a shepherd because you are participating uh, in his ministry. Um, I, I, I find that imagery very helpful today, especially for a lot of people maybe in the past have walked away because the church for them was rules and obligations, but maybe never met the shepherd uh, and how that shepherd engages us and understand that they have the spirit within them. And I think it can show them this as uh, they make themselves available, give them a whole new notion of what church or community of faith is about and how God works among us. So yeah, it could be a time of uh, great discovery for many of our young people. We pray for that. So we could wrap this up. I kind of want to talk about the, the responsorial psalm for Sundays, go out to all the world and tell the good news. You know, and, and, and what is that good news? It's about the good shepherd, Jesus, the perfect shepherd all welcoming shepherd, the guardian shepherd, the ever loving shepherd, um, uh, you know, in his coaches, his teachers, his um, parents, his uh, grandparents, friends, uh, whatever, like there's always a leader in every one of us that has to be, be that good shepherd. And um, it reminds me of uh, the imagery of the Dalmatic of a uh, deacon 
they have sleeves and it was meant to be, it was thought because the reasons why they had sleeves is because they had to serve at table. Hmm. Uh, and that's no different for, than anyone else that's baptized. So basically you have to roll up our sleeves as, um, as being a shepherd, you know, like you're saying, it's not the cleanest job as being a shepherd sometimes. Yes, that's a good analogy. I never thought about that. But um, yeah, that's the original notion of a deacon, isn't it? To serve and to care. Um, we see that when the nurses and the, you know, and the, I, I went to get my blood drawn today and, you know, just, again, someone being in a hospital, drawing your blood is taking a risk at being there, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yeah, that's right. Being a good shepherd. Right. So, um, Okay, one of the things I'd like to do is maybe just read from Psalm 23. And the, famous, the famous shepherd psalm. So I'm going to stop at the very first line because my, my interpretation is from the New American Bible, and it uses a different word, uh, which I love. I think I've preached on this before. Uh, normally it opens, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing I want. My version I love says, the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. And I thought, mm. wow, how profound is that? Yes. I mean, I have everything in the Good Shepherd. If I follow the Good Shepherd, if I follow his ways, there's nothing I lack, no matter what happens. Right? Yes. It's another expression of that. I won't, I won't want anything, but I won't lack anything either, so that I can do what the Shepherd asks me to do so a good way to end this today all right ron how about a quick blessing all right and so may the lord's peace and love and inspiration touch all those who hear us today may it empower them uh, to be those shepherds and accompany others on their journey and may god's blessing father son and holy spirit descend upon all who are listening and remain with you forever Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ron. Peace, everybody. Wear your bicycle helmets. <laughs> Bye. Mary Seas Quarantined is a Mary Seas of Wisdom dynamic original podcast.